Sokazan offers these talks without expectation of anything in return. If you would like these talks to continue, please visit our donate page at sokakoji.org forward slash donate. This morning's Dharma talk is titled, Don't Wander in the Bardo. Bardo is means gap or intermediate or in-between state. As far as I know, if I'm incorrect, you can correct me. Point me to the true meaning. So when I say don't wander, anytime I say don't do something, of course, what do we do? What do I do? We immediately go to, are we doing that? Are we doing that? And so the don't situation isn't so much some kind of command to stop doing that and never do that again. But it's rather, I say don't do that, then you might see that I just seem to kind of impulsively keep doing that. Interesting thing about that, uh, when uh, is that initial going to something that you've just been told by someone you're giving the benefit of the doubt to, you're going to that, the actual action of awareness is just to move to that to see, am I doing that kind of thing? Then then you, you get the clearest view of what is actually occurring there. The one that is most mo- the most flooded with... Um, uh, with the truth, and the most covered up by your uh, opinions, ideas, conclusions, me, 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 and my stuff, and what I'm doing, what I'm not doing. I can't do that, but I can do that if I really try hard, on and on and on. It's just a labyrinth of assertions and judgments. and So, Bardo. We often think of, when I say don't wander in the Bardo, when your life comes to an end, uh, you think it's choiceless now. Or maybe you don't I think it's choiceless now, but it is then you you actually have no touchstone at all. You don't have this incredible physical form that anchors you into this this dynamic where things look so intensely real. They are solid. You have a body. You can slap yourself on the knee and say, I'm here. This is materialism. It's not untrue. It's relatively true, but it's ultimately not true. Don't believe any of that, but you could consider, you could reflect on that. What is really fundamentally true? This is your spiritual path. Doesn't belong to anyone but you. The Buddha came along and he realized his true nature, began to teach others, and then others listened, and perhaps uh, a few along the way saw what he was pointing at or to. Awesome 81. Where did I get this from? That was from Yuhong. Yuhong gave me this. Did you know that 8 and 1 is 9? And then anytime you put a 1, what was it? Where does it send you? Every time you put a 1 after a number, it becomes the next number. So if you say (laughs) 8 and you put a 1 there, it becomes a 9. She shared that with us the other day. In all seriousness. (laughs) Some of us just aspire to live in the truth, and Senchu is the truth. Where is she? So don't wander in the bardo. So what this does is we, am I, am I, am I, I what am I doing? Am I wandering? Is there a wandering going on? And why would would I even say such a thing? So what I am endeavoring to point out by having that kind of a title 
to the Dharma talk is so that you can be encouraged to see the way you keep abandoning what is in front of you for something else, something else. And we do it very simply, like whatever shows up, instead of receiving what is there in all of its uh, uh, complication, uh, all of its complications and the confusion and cloudiness and just just receive that cloud. Don't necessarily abandon that for what you think it is or an explanation. Jump into some kind of relative description of that. That actually ties the thinking mind up in knots so that the, the feeling of being somebody or something is happening to someone, ego, becomes uh, strengthened by that. Don't agree. Don't, don't disagree. And don't abandon or ignore it away. It's a, it's a lifelong practice. So what, who you actually are is, uh, is not apparent because who you are relatively is so solid. This is true. I'm here. I'm a pragmatist. No, you can be a pragmatist for 70 years and then you die. Or the body dies that you were so pragmatic about. This is why there is a spiritual path all over the place, not just with an ancient uh, India or, or China. Korea, because to some people, this is it's necessary to look more deeply into our life, into our, our family and our, our community and all the warfare that's been going on for centuries and centuries since beginningless time, fighting, agreeing, disagreeing, and ignoring the three poisons. So I'm going to use, I'm going to address this very simply and. We can do this together as we go along. I'll receive some questions and endeavor to respond in a way that will be helpful to you. But when something shows up, some anything, it can be some, uh, I'll use a more an intense form. If someone come walking this way or walking that way, stops by or says something and triggers, says something, triggers an emotion in you that they didn't, they didn't give it to you, they didn't put it in you, but because of how they acted, what they said, what they did, triggers some kind of what we call a reaction, emotional reaction, where we feel insulted or put upon or criticized. Based on that person's confusion, then that person's confusion um, triggers our confusion about the nature of reality. And then we go on our uh, various uh, pathways of what? Searching for something, looking for something, looking for blame, looking for credit, looking to get rid of something, looking, 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 looking for something else. Always, we're doing it all the time. So I'll say it this way, whatever arises in the mind stream, no matter if it just came out of nowhere, like maybe you wake up in the morning and you're depressed and you immediately, what? You don't, you don't want to have a feeling without knowing what it is. So we immediately put the word depression on top of it. Ah, at least I know what it is. No, you don't. You don't know what it is because you actually begin by deliberately ignoring it, by giving it a name. I'm not saying you couldn't call it something, but sometimes that the re repetition that happens there, that means you're using that statement. I'm just depressed. I don't know why I feel so depressed. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any reason on and on and on. Constant, what? Wandering, wandering in that particular bardo or gap or space or uh, intermediate area between the kitchen and the breezeway, some kind of area we set up where we continue to go around in there. And we go around in there because that somehow reinforces uh, a kind of uh, 
security blanket that feel, uh, we, we feel protected in our depression. This does, I'm not ignoring particularly the, the, the fact and the fiction that it could be some kind of chemical imbalance. Dependent, dependent origination is extremely difficult to track, if not impossible, to find the first, sort, first cause pardon me, for anything. Whatever arises in the mind stream, this is what you're doing when you're practicing meditation, shikantaza. Sit down, hold very symmetrical, take everything you can and organize it, I guess you'd say, into just this. Keep it as simple as possible. You have some say-so about where your hand is. Put it in your lap. Put it in, your, in front of your hara or however you want to do that. But sit symmetrical. Sit down, hold still. You could put your hands on your knees also if you wish. And then watch what continues to move in your mind stream without pushing it away, without making excuses for it, without shutting it out, without doing anything. And notice that anything that is arising in the mind stream will start to morph or change into different shapes, especially if you do nothing with it. If you don't accept it, reject it. Don't accept anything. You're not that important that you can accept something. But ego will feed off from that if, if you can tell yourself, well, you know, for a long time, I didn't really like the way this was happening. That, but, you know, I just learned to accept it. You know, it's like, say, I've just learned to just ignore the very thing I should be looking at. I'm a success. We do it all kinds of ways. We, we do it with drugs. We do it with legal drugs, illegal drugs. We do it with activity. Not wrong. It's just that... Um, there's just a, a, an involvement in relative truth that is so intense that we actually assume and think our opinions about this and about that. This is correct. That's incorrect. We even reinforce that in our societies and say, we even do it to each other. We say, well, what's your opinion about abortion? Or what's your opinion about uh, uh, diet or what we should be eating? Or what's your, what, what, what? And then we have our, what we call a conversation. And it's not that there isn't some relative truth there, of course, probably, somewhere. But that's uh, from the point of view of the, excuse me, the spiritual path, path of transcendence, the path of seeing ultimately what this is, not just this 70 years, or I should say 80, 81 years, I don't trap myself in a, uh, some other kind of bardo. So it is a matter of realizing this. So you... You yourself, not just something Sokazan said, or not just something anybody said, but you actually begin to see this yourself. You actually realize this. You realize it. When I say self, it isn't an actual self. It isn't a, a personhood that needs repairing or fixing or supporting or adjusting or validating. So don't wander around looking for something else. Bardo, the bardo of this life. We can talk about the bardo of the uh, of the the uh, afterlife, or however you want to characterize it. I'd be happy to comment on that. What little I know about it, but I do know something about it. The most important bardo is this one: the bardo of this life. There's a fancy uh, Sanskrit name for it. You know what it is? Something bardo. Doesn't matter. We don't need that. It's this this particular interim where we've come out of. Uh, an ultimate situation into a relative. So if you want a reason for it, so that we can learn something. If you need that, you need that kind of a validation for education.
So again, don't wander. And then that would, if I say don't wander and you're listening to me, you might begin to look and see, can I actually stop my mind from going here and there and here and there? No, you can't, you can't actually stop it. But that realization that that is just occurring, that when you try to, try to put some tension on that to stop it from happening, what happens is you see how, how vividly that that is operating. You begin to understand over time, maybe a lot of time, that you are not in charge of this. You're not, you're not in charge. You can't just be somebody else. You can't just, but sometimes people work on that their whole life, trying to be somebody else or trying to be a really good person, living up to some kind of ideal or standard. And then they'll compare themselves with others to get some kind of a temporary uh, relative credential for how well they're doing compared to uh, the other person over here. There's all kinds of forms uh, that the way different ways this shows up, and I'm happy to uh, address those or talk about those. Sokoda. Sokoda Valley. When we see ourselves wandering, is there a way to inspire curiosity? Valley. Well, I think you said it. When you're just, you watch what's happening, just watch uh, rather than push it down or fluff it up or ignore it, the three poisons, rather just yeah, you can have some curiosity about it. that's that that's the human realm. Uh, the six realms, the human realm is the only one of those six realms that curiosity is still happening. I'll make an exception for cats. But that's it. Of course, cats are just furry people anyway. You know that. So could I bowing? Yes. Um, what are ways to inspire that curiosity as opposed to shutting down bowing? Okay, very good. Watch the shutting down. Don't try to not shut down. Observing, observing the shutting down, the shutting down without doing anything with it. Just notice there's kind of a knee-jerk shutting down. Observe that, and over time, it takes a while, you will notice that there's no one doing that. There's no personhood in any of the three poisons or in the five skandhas that all of this that comes together and keeps saying, me, 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 and my stuff and my ideas, and I'm getting ahead, I'm getting falling behind. I'm shutting down, I'm opening up, I'm more curious now, I'm less curious now. All of that starts to be seen uh, as no self. There's no solid self anywhere. If you realize that, you're liberated. And what are you liberated from? The chains or the bars or the prison of your mind that where you think you are somebody going somewhere. You are nobody and you're not going anywhere. And that's not my opinion. Yeah. Might sound like one. But if you if you come this way and uh, and look deeper into the, what is being said here by this old man, you'll find out that there's no stability here at all. Jason, Jason, I was wondering what what is the bardo contrast? What is not the bardo bowing? Uh, it, it has no status as something. It can take on any form. It can always find a form, but it's the fundamental situation has no status. More. She is unbowing. I believe the talk title was Don't Wander in the Bardo. I think so. Was that a bad title? No, I'm wondering about um, where does the practitioner find themselves residing, bowing? They won't. If you if are referring to some kind of ultimate residing, no, it'll always be relative until it's not. 
it always look like I'm somewhere, I'm doing something, I'm accomplishing, I'm not, I'm ahead behind. That will still happen. But if you don't add fuel to it by trying to change anything that arises, that doesn't mean accept it. it doesn't mean reject it. It's called, that's why it's called the middle way. That's why it's called a bardo. Jeez, I'm buying in a more relative sense. The wandering in the bardo, I can see myself doing, but I'm wondering, is there a relative contrast where maybe there's not the insight, but you're not just wandering around bowing? That's called shikantaza. A lot of it. The, 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 the whole credential mentality of getting somewhere or failing or getting ahead starts to come apart just by sitting down and because your body and mind are not two different things, they just look like it, and deliberately taking the body you could say it very literally, and sitting it down, holding very still without being rigid, and watching the movement, this puts you closer in a more intimate, uh, the consciousness, more intimate uh, relationship with the, with the fundamental structure of grasping, rejecting, and shutting down, looking for something else. I can continue, or we can have further questions. Go ahead. Shogabayan, uh, earlier you spoke about depression. Yes. Um, what is the threat in something like depression that uh, triggers us to wander? The threat could be uh, it's, it's a, be a terrible feeling or a terrible uh, whatever's happening could be threatening and just that this is going to go on. How am I going to stop this? I can't handle this. I can't take this suffering. So that's threatening. Nerve endings of various kinds are abraded or uh, the, the fear of oblivion, of actually coming apart to some extent that you go into some kind of hell or some kind of horrible state. More? Shogabang, is there any way to, to flash on that initial contact? Yes. If you're going to do any flashing, it should be on gravity. Don't forget gravity. Or don't forget the color of the carpeting. When I say don't forget, don't retain it either. So I'm saying don't forget to flash on it. It's just this. It's just this. Everything is saying, everything is preaching the Dharma. It's not a mouth. It's just, it's your consciousness this is showing up in. When I say your, I'm saying that dynamic that is that is, uh, is happening uh, in, uh, um, in coincidence with a particular physical form, that aspect of consciousness that is happening here. You sometimes say just hang out off the cushion? I do. What does it look like to just hang out and not wander? Well, you might wander, but you might be more aware of the way in which you're doing that. It's always about awareness. It's never about any kind of maintenance or getting a success story of not wandering. So when I say uh, don't wander in the bardo, I know you can't do that. I know you can't stop that. But if I say that, that brings your awareness to, certainly does mine, to the idea of wandering, going around, looking for something, and the idea of, of a gap or intermediate state. Well, the bardo I'm referring to in this uh, for this uh, uh, Dharma talk is this bardo, and I can't I can't recall. But there's names for different bardos. There's a dream bardo, and there's a you remember the dream bardo and the the, the, the bardo of being uh, in the intermediate state between lifetimes. 
and the bardo of uh, being at the kitchen table. Kishore. Kishore. The Sanskrit word seems to be antarbhava, that is between two existences. Again, please. Antarbhava. How do you spell Antarbhava. How do you spell it in English? A N T A R B H A V A. Antarbhava. And Baba is being, being in, and huh? between. Not between. between. Huh? Yeah. Thank you. I had a question. Go ahead, please. In Shikantaza, if we are not grasping on forms, aren't we wandering in the bardo in between? Bar? If we aren't grasping, <clears throat> perhaps. How's it look to you? Sichuan, that's. We are not trying to maintain it, but we are still. You ask us to emphasize the space rather than the form. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if that emphasizing the space is not wandering in the bardo or wandering in the space. But I don't know. You? You know? So if there isn't, if we see, if you see the truth that there is no solid being anywhere, there's no wandering. The, the, anytime you're looking for something else, this creates fuels and substantiates, creates an incredible underlayment to support that being going somewhere. So this has to be seen. And how do we see this? We watch the movement, which is we watch the wandering in the bardo with the same little tether or lunge line on that, on that intention to go somewhere else, find something else. Find the answer. Find out why. Put some tension on that. Don't you? A question from Vishal in San Jose. Vishal. Is it possible to dream with open eyes? It seems like I am doing that while meditating. I'm doing it now. And everyone is. But there's, there's, if there's someone there that's dreaming, that's that's the, the thing that makes it so challenging and difficult and takes us into difficult areas the six, of the six realms from hell right on up to heaven. So the idea is not about stopping so you're in some kind of a, a, a description of samadhi where nothing is happening and you're totally in some kind of a jhana state. You don't teach jhana states to anyone. You want to do that? Go ahead. But I would say, don't miss your life. The jhana state is just about getting into some kind of a state. You have not really dealt with, received the karma that was delivered to you at the moment of your birth or before your birth, however you want to look at it. If you don't do that, then that will continue to wind around like a serpent. And you'll go on lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. Am I condemning you to that? Nah, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know any more than you do. Unsei bowing. What? What does it mean to deal with your karma bowing? I'm, I'm hesitating here because I'm endeavoring to allow some words to come up that'll be as direct as possible uh, with that. And I would say it, what it means to deal with your karma is just receive it. Don't agree with it. Don't disagree with it. And don't ignore it. In other words, whatever is happening in your life stream, your mind stream, down the hallway, in your neighborhood is dependently arisen. It's it's not there's not some being who's causing. It may look like it, but there's no fundamental source for any of this. 
So I would suggest to you and to anyone, it's difficult to do this without some kind of mind training, uh, some kind of actual training with someone who can function as your mentor and as your community. Very, very difficult to work with this because it's so easy to get sidetracked into some kind of highfalutin materialism that looks like the spiritual path. And if you, if you, but the actual path won't feel like a path. It'll feel more like a dark road, perhaps, or where you're not going anywhere because you are uh, slowly giving up on on uh, the materialistic approach to everything, which is success, results, getting somewhere. That's why I teach and talk about over and over and over again. It's about intention. It's an astonishing thing. If you realize that your life can be lived through just intention, not results, it doesn't mean that you can't have a, a relative situation where you decide, where you uh, feel like you need to um, put a new offense up because of some situation happening, happening in your neighborhood, like there's a junkyard next door and you want to look at it anymore. So you put up a 15-foot fence. I get permission for this from the city first, if I were you. But that's something you have a, 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 but that's a very relative situation that you work with. When that's, when that materialistic approach starts to overflow into that realm that supports the, the self-centeredness, the ego of getting an accompli accomplishing something, uh, then that's uh, more, more circles, more materialism. So to just intend, this is the vow of the Bodhisattva or the enlightening being. Just vow to see the truth. And uh, in our lineage, we would vow to save all beings, put others before ourselves. It's impossible to do that. But if you have that vow, just like don't wander in the bardo, bring us, bring us to how much our mind is wandering in everything. It's wandering in our dreams. Don't have to stop it. It's wandering in this state, this uh, awake, physically awake state. And it is... Uh, not something you have to stop. Even though I say don't do that, you can't really stop it. But what you can do is look at it in such a way and receive what is happening. Receive the karma. Receive the knocking at the door. Receive the dragon at the door. Re receive the wolf at the door. Receive, receive. So that you can see that there is no one there. There's no solid being who has ever been in danger of anything. I'm going to self-medicate now with... Uh, Sulfuric acid, pills, pill form. Only the chemists laugh. No, wait a minute. <laughs> Not everybody's laughing. <laughs> no, it's actually to stop the acid in my stomach. Another couple of minutes. And you're violent. Oh, no. Does the practice or work that we do here as um, aspiring bodhisattvas impact all beings everywhere? Ultimately, yes, it can't, it can't help but do that because you're working in a relative uh, situation with, uh, with, no, um, with just the intention. So the intention actually leaves. It's like an anti-gravity machine. It just leaves the relative realm and goes everywhere. It's like a, it's a praying. It's like an offering, an offering. The Buddhist approach to prayer is just offering. It's offering. It's not asking for results, although some cultures... Talk about, you know, donate a lot so that you'll get good karma so that your next life you'll, you'll be born in a, in a really nice country or a, a land where they're, the Buddha is teaching or something. Maybe. But it's the intention. More? When you're bowing, 
so there's the teaching I think that you offer as well as others, uh, you know, practice. I think maybe Dogen practice like your hair is on fire. So when we make practice a priority, does that carry through to whatever state we may find ourselves in or others, such as intermediates? Mm -hmm. I'll paraphrase that. I'm not sure what you want to know. <laughs> what is what is the urgency of practicing in this bardo? The urgency is just relating to the relative situation that seems so incredibly real is uh, we get older and we get sick and, you know, sickness, aging and death. We, we're here and we're told that we're somebody, we're given a name and we're, we're trained to buy into, believe our society, our culture, and it all seems so real and we kind of ignore that you know, you can die at any any point, and, and you and you will die, probably uh, shortly, of, of sickness, aging, and what comes after. So the urgency is a. Uh, it's very easy to just, you know, get get involved in your job and your work and your family and picnicking and and you know celebrating. And there's no reason you shouldn't do that. You can do anything you want. I say don't do anything unless you have to. If somebody came to me and said. Well, okay, you, I heard you say that. You, you, are you saying I, I should meditate? And I would say, what do you think? You say, well, I don't really want to meditate. I said, well, then don't meditate. You're going to fight with anything. But then you've been saying you should train your mind. I said, yes, I have said that. But if you don't want to do that, I'm not going to. I have no, nothing to sell. No promises. Maybe it's not your lifetime to do that. And when I say that, I'm not being silly. And I'm also not making uh, some kind of statement about future lives. I'm not about to write a book on whether there are future lives or not. Uh, I would take it even further and make a further statement. There is no future and there are no lives. It's empty of our considerations about it all the way down. It's turtles all the way down. <laughs> would be a way of just using relative situation to say that it's so bizarre that there's no way you can describe this. So therefore, someone who sees what this is, which I make no claims, but I'm functioning as a Dharma teacher and I intend to do the best that I can based on what I do see. And Yvonne, how does our practice impact our karma or the world's karma? <clears throat> I'm not sure what you want to know. I mean, I can say something about it, but I'd rather, rather than speculate. What is it you're looking for there? I'm looking for a result, actually, probably a benefit. How it just seems the world that we focus on all of the uh, negativity that's yeah. occurring in the world, and yes. sometimes and we miss millions of people that aren't caught up in that. So, does what we do here in this sangha, or who's mm -hmm. listening, impact? that negative. What do you mean by impact? Change. Mm -hmm. We're right back to relative kind of, you mean, will everybody be peaceful and mm, no, what do you mean? I, I'm not. You're not separate from anything, but this is, that's not something you can just use as a, a, some kind of an opinion or idea and use it in that way. You're not, you're fundamentally not separate. So there's really nothing to do. It sure looks like it. You, watch CNN, which I recommend that you do stay in touch with the world, with this uh, uh, global village, as 
McLuhan would have it, Marshall McLuhan. It's about receive, 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 keep the production to a minimum. Other than it's a kind of production just to get yourself to a, a place where you can train your mind, where you can, whether you live in California, whether you live here, whether you live in, in South Africa, or wherever you're at, you can, you can actually find a spot to sit down, hold still, and spend some time doing that. Get to know yourself on a very, very deep level. It is difficult to do that. And it's especially difficult to do that when the particular area that you begin to go into that you may have been covering up for 36 years or 36 lifetimes starts to show up to you. And without a teaching, without a teacher, without a community, very difficult to to look at that. It's much easier just to turn away from that and continue to find the find the, the lid that was on that, put that lid back on that situation. If there's time enough. And then go back into the rotation of birth and death, birth and death, birth and death, birth and death. And I'm not saying you're going to remember a past life. We can't even remember what happened on uh, May the 13th, uh, 1979, if you were even here. You can't actually go back and remember something if you haven't noticed. My question, bowing. Um, go ahead. When I think of the bardos, um, a lot of Tibetan teaching emphasizes like right at, during death time, there's a real potential to awaken then if you haven't already. Uh, do you have anything on that? What do you mean, do I have anything on it? Well, do you see that as uh, valid? Do you see that as, uh, you know, something to look for at that time as we're, as we're going through that process to kind of try to open to that? I think that what they're pointing to has validity to it, but it's unlikely to to function in the way that they're describing describing the in the Bardo Todol or the Tibetan Book of the Dead uh, as that particular dynamic. They they need to talk about it somehow, and they do. But I think that when they do it that way, it eliminates lots of other ways, uh, all the different karma that shows up for individuals. Uh, it's it's very 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 complicated. And so keeping it very simple, use your own mind, sit down, hold still, watch the movement so that when your body mind complex does go back into the elements that you are really on receive. So whatever shows up, you're ready. You're not you're not frightened by anything, the harmful or the the uh, the wrathful deities or the peaceful deities, because they're all going to show up and they're all going to want your attention. Especially the wrathful deities are going to come after you. Thank you. And what happens? We, we don't see them as deities. We see them as frightening. So we run away or we go into some other kind of, does that occur? I don't know if that occurs, but probably something like that is happening uh, with the consciousness when we, when the body mind uh, collapses. And if that's not happening, then we have nothing to worry about. We're good. Go ahead, Yokido. There's a question from Jermaine in the chat box. Jermaine Bowing, if the teacher, if the teaching blew through you, how did you harness it to teach? Bowing. What? I can read it again. If the teaching blew through you, blew through how me. did you harness it to teach? Bowing. So with that kind of a question, I have to be completely dishonest with you. 
So let me say it this way. Uh, there, there really isn't any solid, there's no harnessing going on. I, I, I get no credit for anything. Uh, for, uh, to be very, I mean, I, I know I'm sitting here with a, a, a kind of pretending to be a monk, pretending to be a teacher, lucky for you. There's no solid being here. There, there is a consciousness here. I still have a history. I knew what happened in the third grade. I didn't like it very much. Fourth grade was even worse. So I have a history. I have all those things up, but there's no one who, there's no one there. You can realize that yourself. That doesn't mean that you suddenly disappear and you become some kind of a, a beige, whatever, talking head. No, you might be even more clear. You're more, you feel those emotions and feelings more intensely when there's no one home because there's no one there objecting to it, agreeing with it, or blaming someone else for it. They're your emotions. When I say your, I don't mean ego. You, this particular consciousness that shows up as a sovereign uh, entity in the form of a living being. So nothing has been accomplished. That's for, the, that's for the mundane path. You can't accomplish awakening. You can just stop covering it up. Everywhere I look, I see the Buddha. Everywhere. Even in trees, rocks, garbage pits. That doesn't mean that there's some kind of wonderful idea about how perfect everything is. There's no ideas. Yokota Bowing, there's a question from Christina R. Christina Bowing, is it possible we have already died and this is the Bardo Bowing? Yeah, that's, that's, that is a way of looking at it, yes. But it's, it's just another way of looking at it. Michelle Bowing, what is offering? What is offering? Yes. Um, uh, do you have a context for it uh, rather than just the, a, a blanket statement about it? This is a follow-up to O'Neill's questions about what can we do. Um, so when we offer merit, when we offer service, what is offering? So it's going to show up differently with each person. There's actually a structure where you offer body, speech, and mind to the to the teaching, to the teacher, to the community. Refuge in the Buddha, refuge in the Dharma, refuge in the Sangha. Sounds like some kind of a dull thing, but if you do it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of times, uh, you begin to understand what that means. And you understand it uh, beyond and outside of uh, without excluding the intellect. Intellect is in use, but it's uh, and it's it's no no longer uh, in charge of the vehicle. Uh, you are being led or leading yourself with awareness only, with consciousness only. So offering this is why we offer. This is why we pray. As Buddhists, we pray. We don't pray to get stuff necessarily, other than we pray that our we pray that uh, our. Uh, um, that the monastery and the people here are protected, have some kind of protection. Uh, does that work? Uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's about the intention. <clears throat> it's not about the result. The intention is so very, very important. If you don't understand intention, when this body-mind collapses and goes back into the elements, if you don't understand what is being said by that, then then the the, the mundane approach uh, will show up in the mind stream and you'll look for, you'll, you'll start to wander in samsara for something that works 
or something that helps you or protects you. Thank you. Certainly. Isan. Isan. So when we find ourselves in a situation of difficulty, like depression or or a transient illness, and we have an intention to uh, be a good host, you can stay as long as you want, and then quickly realize that was a lie. Does that mean the intention was also a lie? Well, everything's a lie, so you have to kind of get used to that. But just intend anyway. Come back and intend. Just a relentless uh, intention to see the truth. Give it all. Give it. Give it everything you have. You know, someone who is a practitioner that suddenly gets you know a terrible uh, uh, disease and and only has a couple of weeks to live or something like this uh, might have some difficulty there. But you can do that. You can still do it. Even with the resistance, even with, I don't want to die. Of course, I don't want to die either. Nobody wants to. It's not a matter of wanting it. It's just don't refuse your karma. And also don't refuse the, if you pull right out of it, don't refuse that. Make up a bunch of reasons why uh, that happened because I was not doing this or I was doing, uh, I wouldn't do that. Well, it doesn't mean to get rid of the, the uh, energy to, to actually continue to live. It even says, and I think it's a teaching seven points of mind training. Uh, and so one of you who knows, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's something about, or somewhere in the teachings, uh, better for me to live, let me live. Better for me to die, let me die. Better for me to be sick, let me be sick. So this doesn't mean that we're kind of just going along with any, uh, any old vehicle that comes up or any old uh, approach. It just the idea of better. It just means if if this is fundamentally helpful to me and to others and to those who are in my milieu, maybe it's just it's just going along with that, not deliberately trying to die, but 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 cutting into the the, the knee jerk resistance to try not to do something. And if you practice that or contemplate that, that doesn't mean you'll you'll necessarily be delighted to. Uh, have your heart stop beating, but there's some kind of a, some kind of change there where you're you're changing your relationship, you're changing your attitude towards it, and you're you're going to be with that situation. So you have some preparation. Uh, astonishing situation, like the His Holiness the Sixteenth Karmapa when he was dying uh, uh, near Chicago in 1981. Uh, he said to the Vajra Regent Ursul Tenzin, I've quoted this many times because it's been very important to me. He said, uh, this is when the regent was crying because his teacher, uh, Karmapa, uh, was passing away. And he was only, I think, in his late 50s. And uh, His Holiness said, nothing happens. Nothing happens. And of course, relatively, things are happening. We're not trying to deny this uh, was taken from the altar, and now it's in my hand. We're not saying that did not happen. That's not... That's not the kind of emptiness that's being referred to here. It is not emptiness of absence. It is emptiness of other. Contemplate that. Anything that is else, empty of that. This is basically the heart of the Buddha. I don't believe anything I say. Any further questions? 
Go ahead. Question from Adriana in Kalamazoo. Go ahead, Adriana. If the wolf shows up at the door and I notice that I ran away, should I go back to the door or the wolf? I'll do anything. So you just you just notice that you're you're just aware that you're moving around and that some of that is activated by fear. That's quite a bit. But you don't have to go back. Go backwards on it. If I can correct anything. There's some of that just just acknowledging in our vows. We uh, we acknowledge that we've since beginning of time, we've done a, a lot of uh, unfair things. Uh, I don't know. Can you want to recite that what it is? What does it say? Any? Can you say it? I'm sorry. Formless repentance. Yeah. Can anybody re re recite the formless repentance? All you monks, let's see which one of you can recite it. <laughs> all, all evil, all karma ever created by, by me from the beginning of old. Okay. Born of body, speech, and mind. And now, fully, full and open confession of it. Or I fully avow. Yeah, so you're just saying I did that. You're not apologizing necessarily which sets up more polarities. Apologize, oh, I forgive you. This was not theism. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. When we're wandering, um, how do we turn back to the vow? Just simply, just turn back to it. You can say it. You can, some people, I, I, we don't have a teaching here where everybody's doing the same thing every day. Some people are, we're in a different, the culture's different. The culture doesn't su support what we're doing. Uh, all of us were raised in a, basically a, a theistic orientation mostly, but it's all, uh, that's, there's a lot of variability there. So we're working with the cultural thing in which we all came along and now we're endeavoring to practice this teaching. Maybe you've been doing it for um, a couple of years or 20 years or 30 years. Just continue. Is that what you wanted to know about, or is there something else? Um, what happens to the elseness if you turn towards the vow? <clears throat> Nothing happens. More room there if you want to keep going. You just do. You, you deconstruct it, and then I'll criticize you. <laughs> when I want to turn to the blame. Uh, it seems like I'm trapped in that. Um, yeah. What should I do in that situation? So don't try to get rid of the blame. Just notice that there's no one. See that there's no one really blaming. It's the blame that is the painful part. There's no one who's getting credit for uh, or or uh, being uh, accused of blaming. And there's no one that gets credit for stopping blaming. It's the polarity of self and other that is at the bottom of the whole dynamic we call conflicting emotions. Is the dynamic the the blamer that I'm creating from? What? No wonder you're so confused. Now <laughs> <laughs> oh, go ahead, please. Um, it looks like I'm setting up a blamer and it's hard to find the dynamic. Um, uh, hard to find, so just uh, it's the intention. It's not the not the success story. Go ahead. Jesus and mine. What's communication if other is empty? Uh, just just receive. Just listen. Anything you hear 
is actually uh, a projection because there isn't there is no separation fundamentally so everything you see that looks like other uh, if you hear a cardinal that's you it's not you the jews on the the uh, the um, space cadet so what is it what is it you tell me what it is looks like intensely looks like someone else like your partner or your mom or your dad or, or your brother or it looks like somebody else or your teacher looks like somebody else Jesus mind so what are we communicating with them if if you're receiving or if you're talking either well if you're talking you're not communicating you just it's just called an outflow stuff comes in and we start jabbering yes another question from Vishal yes are the wrathful deities also me in other words not separate um, yes and, and you may uh, one may not experience that as some kind of demonic presence or something or like it shows in the, the Tibetan uh, iconography of uh, uh, wrathful and, and uh, peaceful it's just a way of talking about it. it's just a way of talking about that kind of negativity so are we are there any as i said i can only see about 25 people on here young you have a question yes i do have a question when you mentioned the quote uh, nothing happens as a human being on this form uh two feet one foot is on the mundane world the other one is on this path so how can we not uh, forget the importance of the mountain world at the same time has a strong desire to realize nothing happens? Yes. Thank you very much. You can do both. You have, you have gravity. You have your, your footsteps. You can, you can live in this, uh, in this uh, mundane and uh, relative realm of, of gravity. And of uh, having clothes and having uh, a good health and mediocre health and really bad health, you, you can receive all of this that's happening to you. It is it it is actually um, independently risen. So it's when when that's being said, that means there's no first cause for anything. But when fifteen billion zillion things all get together and support one event, it looks like the one that's closest to that gets the blame because the the thinking, processing, validating, negating mind wants some kind of damn reference point. So it will find a culprit somewhere. Our whole legal system is set up that way. Is that wrong? No, it's not. It's not wrong. It's just incomplete. It's we're, we're, we're blaming too quick. Uh, you might want to go to all the way to the original cause. Uh, then you'd be talking to probably uh, aliens can't find the first cause. You can't, I mean, I'm saying you can't, but it doesn't look like it. So one foot, one foot uh, in your, in your life and in your relative situation, just, you know, chop wood, carry water, as I said, 
before enlightenment, uh, as a Zen saying goes, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, after awakening, chop wood, carry water. So nothing actually occurs. It is a has been called like a non-occurrence because not, there's no change because it is it is not about the relative world of up and down, back and forth, cause and effect. This is why we we study the thirty verses because this takes us of Asubandhu because it takes us into this structure where we look at it very closely without getting rid of uh, concepts or language. Powerful teaching by that amazing uh, Buddha, Vasubandhu. Michael Bowing. Yes, sir. Can wondering become an attention? Um, can wandering become an attention? intention yes yeah you could you could in, uh, intend we had a we had a uh, uh drifting mountain uh, whom uh uh Hyozan, uh i named him he's a he's a professional nomad uh, he's probably not on here because he's too busy wandering but he, he's actually if you talk to him for a few minutes you, that's something he wants to do he wants to wander but i didn't try to get him to stay here i wished him well so I don't want him to be around here too much. He might contaminate some of the monks that I have that are prisoners here. <laughs> no, he's a sweetheart of a guy, uh, and I, to he goes on. I don't I don't know if he's on here or not, but uh, he he's his life is a, is taking a different uh, dynamic. I think he has an interest in meditation. Um, not to pick on him too much, he came here and sat for six weeks and sat the entire thing, didn't he? Pretty much. Five or six weeks? Six months. But I know he did that, but the first oh, six yeah, weeks, yes. he actually followed the protocol, which is six and a half hours of meditation every day, most every day. So he did that. So he, he got a good taste of what it's like to uh, uh, limit the wandering to the mind stream and not the body. But now he's back on his, uh, uh, on his uh, um, buffalo. Wandering across to his, where is he at right now? Do you know? Montana. Montana. Interesting fellow. Doing, you know, doing what he, I'm not going to argue or disagree with his karma. He's doing what he feels like he needs to do. So, but when I say don't wander, not necessarily addressing him. I'm talking about the mind stream more than anything. Is, and that brings you to what observing how much your your mind goes from from fairly simple uh, thoughts about how to clean the stove or what other another kind of way uh, another way of storing uh, brooms in the closet so it's easier to get to things very pragmatic things right over to very very petty petty uh, things about your neighbor or about your your um, mother-in-law or anyone that you just they're petty judgmental. Um, and they, they help us in some way because we have difficult feelings uh, generating those thoughts. We have what, what we call or what I refer to along the line with the basic teaching of outflows. So something arises, a negative feeling, and rather than just receiving that negative feeling where it belongs is in your mind stream, not you, the, the ego, but you, the, this mind stream, these, uh, these nerve endings, receive, receive. The world is presenting you with the Dharma over and over and over. It's saying not separate, not separate, not separate. Everything that comes your way, 
has a ticket to ride, to put it in a simple image. It's supposed to be there. It doesn't mean that that you shouldn't take aspirin or, or something that you just have to be oblivious. No, you you that's dependently risen too. The aspirin, the mind that actually is critical of that is dependently risen. And even the one who thinks there's somebody getting somewhere is dependently risen. There isn't anything that isn't dependently risen at all. And if you realize that, you're liberated. And who's liberated? Nobody's liberated because there is never anyone in prison. It's astonishing. I highly recommend it. It won't be a conclusion. It will be the absence of all conclusions forever. Uh, forever might be an exaggeration. 5,200 years. Give or take a few. So it's the whole idea of time is illusory. I'm sure you've noticed that uh, in your life that sometimes it feels like half an hour has gone by. And then the same situation, it feels like three hours went by, sometimes called what? Anything. It's just it's a very, uh, we have these rotating things, uh, clocks, and then we try to supplant that with the, with the numbers. Uh, don't do that. Don't get rid of circles. They'll get rid of you. How do we function when the mind stream wanders? Just observe it. Watch it wander. Thank you for that question. Just watch. when I say don't uh, don't wander in the bardo, I know you can't stop that. I certainly haven't stopped it. My mind wanders all the time. It goes this way and that way and think about this, think about that. I'm sure you've watched me, my, my mind wander, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So just observe it. It's a give. It's a, it's a generosity that is is so simple and so profound and vast that you can just give everything your attention. And when you give everything your attention, uh, the, the 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 receiving is just natural. It's just a natural response. You give it your attention, and it comes towards you. And, uh, and you receive it. As Dogen said, if you go out towards everything with your agenda, your idea, your control modality, wanting to be executive of the universe, uh, thinking that you're some important person that can, that you're right and everybody else is wrong, this is called delusion. I'm paraphrasing Dogen, but when, when, uh, when the world comes to you, when everything comes to you, this is called awakening. You can see this. It's, it's not simple in the sense of practicing it. But in the sense of talking about it, it's very simple. Everything comes towards you. There isn't anything that's ever been separate from you, and it wants to come home. Let it do that. Stop fighting with everything. Don't agree with everything. That's We don't need that kind of artificial peace. Don't go to war. Don't go to peace. Whatever shows up, receive, receive. Let everything come home. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Sapas, Mahasapas, the great Pajna Paramita.
O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the Ten Directions and the Three Times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them with light. 